Hello, welcome back to Magic Woods. This story is called The Wizard's Tale. And it's the story that the wizard, Xanadu, told to Kitty and her friends as they were traveling through the really weird lands. He said, In the beginning, there was only Etheria, the dream world, what you mortals call the weird lands. And all kinds of things would randomly appear out there. Beings, places, objects. But nothing ever lasted very long. Everything swirled and changed constantly. But then one day, an all-powerful goddess with wings appeared in the weird lands. Her name was Mandalako. And before she vanished away or transformed into something else, she realized she could condense her immense power into a single word. And this word could create a world. So she said the word, and that's how she created Magic Woods. Once she created Magic Woods, she decided to change into a boy. And he made his wings disappear because he wanted to explore the world on foot. And so he did that for many years, walking through the forest and exploring the world he had created. But after several hundred years, he got lonely. So he decided to create some little people just like him. Most of the girls had wings and most of the boys didn't. And because they looked like the two different versions of himself, he called them Mimis. You know, me and me. Well, Mandalico lived among the Mimis for a long, long time. But eventually he grew restless for new experiences. So he told the Mimis he would be leaving for good. But they didn't want him to go. They said, who will take care of us? Who will create new things? And Mandalico felt pity for these little people he had created. So he gifted them some of his powers. He fashioned two crowns out of space silver and space crystal. He was the only being who could shape those strange substances. And he put the power to create in one crown and the power to give life in the other. And then he left the Mimis and was never officially seen again. Nobody knew where he went. Some said that he journeyed out into the weird lands to create new worlds. Others claimed that he stayed in magic woods, but would transform himself into different things. A fern, say, or a badger, or a bug, or a ray of sunshine, so that he could experience the world he had created in a million different ways. Who knows? Well, after Mandalico left, the Mimis ruled themselves, and they lived in peace and harmony for many centuries. They lived long. Seven of your years is like one year to them. And they rarely got ill. And they always had two rulers. Two kings, or two queens, or a king and a queen. And every seven years, on the first day of summer spring, the crown of creation and the crown of life would choose their wearers for the next seven years. The light inside each crystal would glow brighter in front of the right Mimi. Sometimes it chose the same Mimi again. Sometimes it chose someone new. Well, most of the kings and queens used the crowns wisely. But occasionally there were bad rulers. 2,298 years ago, a Mimi named Corvad was chosen to wear the crown of creation. 
and at first he was a good leader. He created many wondrous things for his people. But he was old, and he knew he would die soon, and he didn't want to die. He wanted to live forever, or at least be remembered forever. So he set about creating a gigantic tower, one that could reach to the very heavens that would stand as his legacy. But his secret goal was to reach the fabled forest in the sky, a land of eternal life. Little did he know that the forest in the sky couldn't be reached that way, no matter how high he built his tower. King Corvad worked on the tower for years, refusing to surrender the crown when his turn was up. And the tower reached past the clouds all the way into the heavens. But, of course, it could never reach the forest in the sky. At last, the tower proved too heavy to sit upon the earth. It collapsed, creating a gigantic hole in the ground. The king died in the collapse. And when he died, the magical stones of the fallen tower melted away, leaving only a deep black hole behind. That, of course, was where the black hole of Flowerfield came from. Well, 543 years after that, there was a king who used the crown of life recklessly. His name was Rendon the Reckless. And Rendon would bring objects to life for fun. Brooms, rocks, sticks, all kinds of stuff. And one Halloween, which was the one night a year that the dead could return to life, Rendon the Reckless brought a jack-o'-lantern to life to entertain and frighten people at the Halloween bonfire. And the jack-o'-lantern said, What is this place? Who am I? Why am I alive? And the king replied, You're just a jack-o'-lantern, a decoration. I gave you life. You're welcome. The pumpkin looked up and said, What are those bright spots in the sky? The king said they're called stars. The pumpkin looked at the bonfire and said, What is that over there that is bright and burning? The king said, It's called a fire. The pumpkin said, And who are all these little people dancing around and laughing? The king sighed, growing weary, and said, They're called Mimis. You certainly have a lot of questions. The pumpkin said, Yes, can you answer them for me? The king walked away and said, No, I'm too busy. The pumpkin said, Oh, okay. Well, the next day, when Halloween was over, the pumpkin saw the king again and said, uh, Now what should I do? The king was startled at first. Huh? Oh, you. I don't know. He was really starting to regret bringing this annoyingly inquisitive pumpkin to life. And the pumpkin said, Could you teach me about the world? And the king sighed, exasperated, and said, No, not really. I don't have time. Oh, said the pumpkin. Okay. Well, I guess I'll simply sit here. So the pumpkin just sat around for a few days. He tried talking to Mimi's as they walked past him, but no one bothered to speak with him. They were afraid of him, as they were a little afraid of all the things that Rendon the Reckless had brought to life. And then the pumpkin started to rot. He said, what's happening to me? Why am I falling apart? Can't somebody help me? And a kind-hearted little girl named Kelma heard his cry and she took pity on him. What's wrong? she asked. 
The pumpkin said, I'm collapsing and there's weird molds on me. And Kelma nodded sadly and said, yes, you're rotting. That's what happens to pumpkins in the fall. The pumpkin said, but I don't want to die. Kelma shrugged and said, well, that's just what happens. That's life. We're born, we live a little, and then we die. The pumpkin said, but why do things have to die? Kelma said, I don't know. I guess it's part of the life cycle or something. And the pumpkin began to cry. And Kelma said, listen, I have an idea. Next year, I can bring you back to life if you'd like. Now the pumpkin could scarcely believe his good luck. And he said, really? And Kelma smiled and said, yes, really. But what's your name? I have to call your name. The pumpkin said, I I don't have a name. Kelma said, hmm. Well, I need to call you something to bring you back to life. How about we name you Colan, since you're a Jack Colantern? The pumpkin said, yes, Colan, I like that. Thank you. Thank you for naming me. And Kelma said, you're welcome. Well, after a few more days, the pumpkin rotted away and died. And Kelma was with him right until the end. And she kept her word and brought him back to life the following Halloween. Colan, she whispered, as soon as the sun went down. And then the pumpkin reappeared. He was bright orange again, vibrant and strong. And he said, thank you. And Kelma said, you're welcome. But almost immediately, the pumpkin grew sad, and he said, I'm just going to rot away again, aren't I? And Kelma said, um, no, actually, not this time. You only get to be alive for the night. And the pumpkin said, What? I only get to be alive for one night? That's not enough time for all I want to learn and do. Can't somebody teach me about the world? And Kelma felt bad for him, and she said, Sure, I'll go get some books and read them to you. So she read him a couple of stories that night, and he faded away with the rising of the sun, just like the rest of the dead. Kelma brought Colan back alive the following year, and she read him even more stories. Every year she brought him back to life, and slowly she taught him how to read. Then he began to teach himself. He read books of magic. He learned how to move things with his mind, and how to make the ground beneath him move so it could carry him along. He learned about Lava Muck, the spirit of discontent who lives in the center of the earth. He learned some dark magic, how to turn things to stone, how to transform his enemies, how to enchant pricker bushes so that no one could escape. He didn't want to use the dark magic, of course, but he wanted to know it just in case he ever needed it. Over hundreds of years, the pumpkin grew smarter and smarter and stronger and stronger. Slowly, one Halloween night at a time. Kelma lived to be very old, but nothing lives forever. And one Halloween, she said, I might not be alive next year. And the pumpkin said, You can't die. I will miss you too much. And who will bring me back to life next year? Kelma bowed her head and said, I'm sorry, my old friend. I'll see if I can find someone to keep the tradition going of bringing you back to life each Halloween. 
And then the pumpkin's voice softened, and he said, What will happen to you? Kilma shrugged. I don't know. I just know that it's my time. I've had a happy life, and soon it will be time for me to go. Kilma died a few weeks later, and the next year, nobody brought the pumpkin back to life, even though Kelma had asked several Mimis if they would. The truth was, most Mimis were a little afraid of the pumpkin, and so nobody called his name that year, or the next year, or the year after that, until at last, he had been forgotten. Nine hundred years later, a Mimi named Kira was chosen by the crown of life, and her husband-to-be, Novan, was chosen by the crown of creation. They were like the Mimi rulers of old, kind-hearted, wise, and generous. And after they became king and queen, they had two children, a daughter named Era and a baby boy named Pokey. But there was a Mimi named Versa who was jealous of them. She had long been expected to wear a crown herself, since she was extremely smart and strong. But her heart had darkened after her best friend died, and the crowns didn't choose her when the time came. Well, every Halloween, most of the adult Mimis sent their children to the lakeside city of Atiskit for the night. And one Halloween night, about fifty years ago, Era and Pokey went there to stay with a warrior named Trini de Lork. Then Novan and Kira and many other adults held the annual festival to bring back the dead. And Versa, who liked to read ancient and forbidden texts, had learned about the mysterious pumpkin who had been brought back to life so many times and had learned so much magic and lore. And she said, It would be fun to bring him back alive for the night. Maybe he could teach me some ancient and forbidden magic. So when the sun went down, she said the name, Colan. And for the first time in hundreds of years, the pumpkin came back to life. He looked around, confused and anxious and full of questions. He said, What year is it? Who, who are you? Where, where's Kelma? And Versa told him that Kelma had been dead for a long time. The pumpkin said Kelma's name again, but she did not appear. And Versa laughed viciously. She said, Are you trying to bring her back to life? Fool! The dead can't bring the dead back. Only the living have that power. And anyways, according to the ancient records, Kelma said that she decided to never come back to life, even if called. She's gone forever. Dead forever. And when she said this, Versa's voice changed, and she looked indescribably sad, as if some distant memory haunted her. And the pumpkin said, no. And Versa pushed her sadness aside and looked at the pumpkin with disgust and said, I thought you were supposed to be wise, but you're just pathetic. And then she walked away, leaving the pumpkin alone. Well, Cole and the pumpkin was angry and hurt. He never wanted to be at the mercy of others again. He knew that no one would ever bring him back to life and that he didn't have much time until morning. 
this was his only chance to stay alive. So he decided to use some of the dark magic he had learned. He called upon the power of Lava Muck and uttered a spell that froze himself and all the Mimis around him in time, so that it would always be Halloween, so he could always be alive. Incidentally, he also froze the Tower of Tuluma in time with him. Well, some Mimis noticed right away that time had stopped, and they said, Why did the wind stop blowing? Why don't the stars twinkle? And Versa pointed at the pumpkin and said, It's him! I just know it! He's evil! So the Mimis grabbed weapons and ran at the pumpkin, but he shot seeds out of his mouth and turned them all to stone. Then he uttered dark spells and turned the crowns against their wearers. Kira and Novan were transformed into lowly ropes, twisted, servile creatures who were forced to do the pumpkin's bidding. Their minds shrank, and they retained little clear memory of their former existence, and the crowns fell off their heads and flew through the air and into the pumpkin's body. But the pumpkin wanted an indestructible body, and he knew about a space crystal jack-o'-lantern that had been made by Mandalico himself. The earliest Mimis had used the crystal pumpkin to store sacred pine cones, pine cones from the birth trees of healers and heroes. So Colan performed a spell to transfer his spirit from his regular body into this space crystal pumpkin. And then Colan believed he would live forever. He had an indestructible body that would even allow him to travel outside of his time if he needed to. He possessed both crowns, and he lived in a world of eternal Halloween. And he placed a spell on his ropes that would force them to call his name and bring him back to life, if anyone ever figured out a way to kill him. Now, Era and Pokey, meanwhile, were safe. Like most Mimi children, they had spent Halloween night in the city of Atisket. Of course, Era wondered where her parents had gone. In fact, Everyone wondered what had happened to all those Mimis who had been at the Halloween festival. But they had no way of knowing that the pumpkin had come back to life and had frozen the grown-ups in time with him. The pumpkin, meanwhile, began to worry that maybe his plan to live forever wouldn't work. What if someone found a way to travel to his time and kill him, as unlikely as that seemed? He craved shorty. So he used the crowns to create a wizard, me, who could answer every question about Magic Woods and tell him his fate. And the pumpkin asked the wizard if he, the pumpkin, would ever die. And the wizard said, Yes, one day three talking animals from another time will defeat you. And the pumpkin grew angry and said, What? How is that even possible? And the wizard said, they will be helped by the most beautiful and powerful goddess in the whole universe. Well, the pumpkin didn't like the wizard's answer, so he had his ropes throw him into the dungeons. The wizard knew how to escape the dungeons, of course. He knew basically everything about magic woods. But he didn't want to escape. What would be the point? He already knew everything that would ever happen in that world, so nothing could surprise him. It was a pretty sad way to live. So he stayed asleep. 
dreams at least, remained mysterious and unknowable to him. Well, the pumpkin didn't know how to stop these talking animals from coming to kill him, but he thought that maybe he could trap the goddess who was supposed to help him. But he didn't know where this goddess could be found. He had never even heard of such a being, the most beautiful, powerful goddess in the universe. Then he came up with what he thought was a great idea. He would create a new being to be the most beautiful, powerful goddess in the universe. And he would keep her imprisoned inside his castle dungeons. He didn't want to kill her, for then she could be brought back to life. Of course, the wizard had tricked him. There was no such goddess already. So the wizard tricked the pumpkin into creating his own most powerful enemy. The pumpkin spent years creating this goddess, using moonbeams and starlight and the memory of love. But he knew that he needed something more, something from the forest in the sky. But there was no way he could go up there to get anything. Then he thought that maybe he could bring something down from the forest. There were legends about a girl in the forest in the sky. A girl who was dead, but dreaming, whose spirit was locked in her body. She had said that she never wanted to be brought back to life. But the pumpkin had a lot of power and both crowns. He was able to recall this dead but dreaming young woman back to the world. And then he combined her with all the other ingredients and created a new goddess. But this goddess proved too powerful to be contained. She burst through the dungeon walls, creating a huge hole in the side of the castle. And then she flew back up to the forest in the sky. The goddess called herself Mama. The pumpkin was furious. He planned to use the crowns to create an evil army and horrible weapons to destroy Mama. But that would have led to a tedious and destructive conflict. So the wizard simply took the crowns away when the pumpkin wasn't looking. And then the wizard retreated into an ancient tower, the Tower of Tuluma, and he stayed up there to sleep and dream. The pumpkin came to the tower to retrieve the crowns. But the wizard called down to him and said, You will die if you ever come into the room at the top of the tower. And the pumpkin knew the wizard was telling the truth. So he stayed out of the tower. Now Mama gradually became aware of the many Mimis who had been turned to stone by the pumpkin. And she wept for these poor souls. And lo, her tears fell upon the earth and washed away the power of stone. After that, all the waters of Magic Woods contained some of her magic tears. Mama lifted those Mimis up to the forest in the sky. Even Versa came, for Mama did not know then that she had turned evil. And those Mimis were safe with Mama. They had no idea that they were in an alternate time, or that other Mimis, their loved ones, still existed in the real time world. Well, Versa grew restless in paradise. She pretended to be kind and became Mama's best friend, learning much magic from her. 
but secretly she wanted to destroy Mama and take her power. She was obsessed with Mama for some reason. She loved her and hated her and could never figure out why. One day, Versa wanted to catch a glimpse of Mama's true face. So she snuck to Mama's room and peeked through the door. Mama's back was turned, but then the door creaked, and Mama turned around slowly, and Versa caught a brief glimpse of Mama's true face. The sight drove her mad. Her eyes were blasted white, and her hair went wild, and her mind became unhinged. She tried to kill Mama right then, and Mama had no choice but to cast Versa out of the forest in the sky. While well, Versa was consumed by anger and thoughts of revenge, she became obsessed with taking Mama's place and becoming the most beautiful and powerful goddess in the universe. But she didn't know how she could do it. She wandered the pumpkin's version of magic woods for a time, raving in the wilderness. Gradually, her eyesight returned and she tamed her mind a bit. She made her way to the tower where the wizard was sleeping, and she took the crowns from him while he was dreaming. She decided to go to the regular version of Magic Woods, where time had marched on and it wasn't always Halloween, so she could become an all-powerful goddess whom people would fear and worship. But as she flew across the threshold between times, the crown of life slipped from her grasp and fell to the ground. She didn't know where it went, so it was lost to her forever. She never knew that it landed in Westland, in a little valley. And after that, the valley stayed green and vibrant all year long because of the power of the crown. In later years, that place became known as Spring Valley. Well, Versa had lost the crown of life, but she still held the crown of creation. She remained very powerful. She kept using the crown to recreate herself from herself, a dangerous practice that gave her more power, but also damaged her mind and spirit. And she traveled throughout Magic Woods pretending to be Mama and exacting tribute from folks everywhere. She appeared to the Mimis of Atisket and demanded that they worship her. When they refused, she attacked the city and laid it waste. In later years, it was called Ghost Town. Well, Era and Pokey escaped, barely. Era carried her baby brother West across a huge lake, hoping to reach a Mimi city called Atasket on the other side. But Versa had already flown across the lake and destroyed that city with the help of the Oak Tree Stick people. Now Era and Pokey were truly alone. Era wasn't sure if she could keep her little brother safe for much longer. She was only a little girl, after all. So she brought him inside the big red mountain known as Midnight Barbecue. There she placed him in the care of a young couple named Tiggum and Texas Tommy. And then she went outside with a couple of friends to find out what had happened to her parents. But she couldn't find them, no matter how hard she tried. She searched in vain for years, traveling all over Magic Woods and meeting lots of folk and having lots of adventures. 
At last, she began to despair. She had lost her parents, her people, everything, and she was all alone. She returned to Midnight Barbecue to see her brother, but found the mountain locked. Obviously, this was because Versa had taken over the mountain. At last, Era gave up. She laid herself down in Spring Valley and fell into an enchanted sleep, vowing not to wake until the world was mended. And before she fell asleep, she remembered just for a moment the simple sunshine happiness she had known in her youth before the shadow came and split her family apart. Her final breath was sweetened by that memory, and that final breath became a wish. A wish that somehow she could be with her family again. Era's final breath, her wish, drew power from the crown of life that was lying nearby, and her wish turned into a warm breeze that traveled across the lake and through the woods. It blew down Everlasting Road and came to a flowery field. There it lifted three animals into the air and carried them to the pumpkin's time, where they began a long journey towards ridding the world of evil and bringing Era's family back together again. The three animals, of course, were named Kitty, Doggy, and Bunny. And then Xanadu was done with his tail. And Doggy said, Well, I guess that basically explains everything. For the next six days, they journeyed deep into the really weird lands, and they saw nothing solid, no new worlds. But they had fun nonetheless. Xanadu entertained them with more stories and legends, and Doggy pressed special buttons on the hopalopter to provide everyone with food and drink, and luckily, there was now a bathroom on the hopalopter. At last, on the afternoon of the sixth day, the hopalopter began to sputter and shake. Kitty sighed and took one last look out the window. And she said, I guess there was nothing out here in the really weird lands after all. And Xanadu said, yep, I told you. And Murr frowned at him and said, Why are you called the wizard who knows basically everything about magic woods? It seems like you know everything. The wizard said, it's true, I know almost everything. There's only one major thing that I don't know. Mer said, what's that? I don't know the word. The word? The word that Mandalico used to create the world. Doggy said, ooh, is it Burfburgle? No. Is it Skiddly Buff? No. Nobody knows the word. Only Mandalico knew it. Kitty said, oh, but I know the word. <gasps> Xanadu sat up straight. You do? What? Kitty said, yeah. Listen. And then she said the word. Well, that's the end of the story. The Wizard's Tale. The longest Magic Woods story. My goodness, it's over half an hour long. The next story is called Everlasting Road Continued.
Goodbye.